Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad that you're here today. Are you glad to be here? Good. I'm glad that you're viewing by live stream. And if you're strolling, quit strolling. Or trolling. Okay? Either way, stop it. If you've been looking for something, stop right here. Because well, your search is over. Wow. That sounds thrilling. But it is true whether you believe it or not. You'd be wise to acknowledge it. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited. Listen. Well, I'm going to get right into it. We've been, been talking about this, and we're going to continue to talk about it, because the more, you know, revelation knowledge, there are certain revealings or revelations that are held captive or held not revealed for a certain time. You read this in the Bible where he revealed it to the prophets and they saw things and they said, now seal it up in a book for an appointed time. Okay? It was spoken into the earth but he said, seal it. Don't, don't let anybody see it. Seal it. And it'll be revealed at a time. So there's certain truths and re- uh, levels of revelation that have been preserved for moments. The revelations that, and when I say revelations, I'm talking about revealing of truths, secrets from the beginning of, of time, from the beginning, have been reserved for our time. There are certain things. And they're being revealed Okay, they're being revealed if a person pays attention. Now, we've been talking about that God is a God of order. One of the greatest things that I can't overemphasize to a generation, probably many generations that have had this preconceived idea that God is random. God is not random. He's predictable. Wow, that went real good. But see, we like to put it in the mystic because we don't understand it. God has made a new system of the way that he deals with mankind. This system is an order that's what a system is. It's an order of things. This is, describes the function of the system. Any deviation from that causes a malfunction or a, a chaos. In the case of uh, your physical systems, anything outside of that eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually will cause some kind of sickness or disease. Or damage. And God is putting things 
in biblical order. Too long the church, and when I say the church, I'm, I'm including Omega Church, but I'm talking about the church world, the church system, has, has not been up to par for this moment. God has been telling us to get ready. But to get ready, you've got to have understanding. Now, I'm going to give you a big, 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 big clue right here. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, apply your heart to get understanding. You have to do what? Apply your heart. If you're going to get understanding in anything, you have to apply your heart. Now, what does that mean, apply your heart? Remember, we've talked about this. God's created the heart of man for it to be the believing mechanism. So if I'm going to apply my heart to get understanding, see, things come and appear to us first in theory. And then they move out of theory to, to, to get in understanding. You've got to move it out of theory. Okay? And when you move it out of theory to get understanding, that's when you decide you're going to believe it. Let me give you an example. If I believe any law of mathematics... Two plus two is four. How many of you can agree? How do you know that's true? When you first, when, when you're in school, it's all theory. When you're in second, first, second grade, and they talk, remember times tables? You had to go over and over and over and over and over and over, and you got tested and over and over, Right? It was theory to you until you went over and over and over and over until you applied your heart to believe what you're repeatedly hearing and prove it by exercise. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anything is true, okay? that where you're going to become skilled or get understanding in, it has to move out of theory. Too long, the body of Christ is used sermons on Sunday as nothing more than theory sessions. Where they're nothing more, uh, how would I say it? They're nothing more than we've used them for entertainment to escape realities. You follow me? And we now put God and his word in a random thing. And you never know what God's going to do and when he's going to do it. And if today he's in the mood to do it. And that's not how the new creation works at all. We use prayer as nothing more than playing Russian roulette. 
Let me give you an example. This is what the Bible says, and I believe it's in 1 John. If we ask anything, anything, according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we have the petitions that we desire of him. That's emphatic. The problem is we never know whether we're asking God's will because we've not applied our heart to get understanding. We've used things in the Bible as nothing more, nothing more than theory. Let me give you another example. You can, you can go into the classroom and hear theory after theory after theory on music. There's music theory. You can, you can pass that class understanding music theory, but it doesn't make you a musician. Are you understanding now? You don't, come, you don't become skilled or you don't become, how would I say, you don't have real understanding of the theory now until you believe that which you've heard and apply it in operation, do you become skilled. And God is calling, calling on the church now to become skilled in faith where it's no longer theory where we understand what God's talking about you got to apply your heart now to do so you got to be reading the Bible regularly you probably do some good if when you sit down to you know the table with a plate that you got your Bible side by side. When you get a snack out of the refrigerator, you got the Bible on the refrigerator. You know they got refrigerators now that, that have a whole screen on them? Maybe you ought to put the Bible on that screen and maybe you wouldn't be so apt to over snack. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I know that this sounds blunt, and I, I am speaking with authority. But if you will hear what I'm saying, and here again, you, you, uh, you don't listen. It's not the messenger. It's the message you've got to get. And, it, and if my uh, approach is a little too forceful on you, suck it up, buttercup. You don't have time to fool around like we did in previous times. Time is short. Probably, it would absolutely blow our minds if we understood. So we're going to talk about applying faith, the law of faith. We're going to continue on that. But to... To apply the law of faith, you've got to have understanding. And you've got to apply your heart to do it. And believe what you're hearing. Choose it. Act on it. And apply it daily. I find out. 
I find out that you can show somebody and 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 show somebody, but they will never be good at what you showed them until they do, 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 and do, and do, and don't get offended when you have a little correction and do again and do and do and do and do. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about time you just do it. Okay? Now listen very carefully. We're going to, I'm going to show you some scriptures here in just a second. They're going to be absolutely astounding. When we just, God is talking about faith unfeigned. Do you know what that means, unfeigned? It's uncontaminated. Paul told Timothy, faith, you have had faith unfeigned. Do you know what faith unfeigned is? It means it's not contaminated. So that means faith can be contaminated. Is that right? Now, how do you uncontaminate it? You got to get rid of the impurities of misunderstanding. Now, how does that happen? Doing it. Everybody say doing it. You just do it. And in the middle of doing it, you may find a little correction. Everybody say correction. Correction is your friend. Embrace it. Everybody say embrace it. If you want to get, listen, listen very carefully. If you ever, ever want to prosper financially, you better embrace correction. If not, you're always going to be a, a dollar short. And then when opportunity's there, you can't take advantage of it. And by the way, God wants you to grow financially. Okay. Correction. Uh, Let me ask you a question. How many of you remember when you first got your driver's license? You were reckless. But guess what? You did it. You did it. You were brave. You got, out of the, you got out of the theory class, of the classroom, and now began to be, uh, get behind the wheel. Okay? And at first, we, we let somebody there to help you, you know. You're probably driving with somebody. You get your permit, and you're driving with somebody. And guess what to do? They correct you. I'll never forget one time when I was uh, taking uh, uh, driver's ed, and... Uh, <laughs> I had Mr. Persine. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Mr. Persine. Maybe somebody. But Mr. Persine was something else. He's, I mean, he was tough. And I'm driving, and I have my hands on the steering wheel. And in, in the theory class, it tells you where to put your hands. You know why they tell you? Because you're unskilled. Okay, and you don't know how to you don't know how to maneuver everything. So he tell you where you put your hand, and so I put my hands, and <laughs> and he said never grab the steering wheel with your thumb underneath the, the wheel. And he told me that in class. 
So I'm driving, and I put my thumbs underneath there, and I'm driving along. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Mr. Persine takes his hand and comes up underneath my, my hands, and my thumbs went up like that. And I looked at him, well, what's wrong with you? He said, Ronnie, I told you, don't put your thumbs underneath there. Why? Because if you had to turn your, your, the wheel real quick and you get it back then, you got to understand the, the wheels and the, how they had the horns and everything on there. You can't get your fingers out fast enough. Are you following me? Now, some people may look at that as, wow, now, now, I don't, that's being a little harsh. We ain't got time for you to play games. Driving behind the wheel can be dangerous. Okay. Here's what I want you to understand. The times that we're in. The times that we're in is a revealing time. And the Bible tells us that the day of fire, you can find this in Corinthians, will reveal how a man or mankind, has built their life. Are you listening to that? The times, the day we're in, the fiery day that we're in is going to reveal if you've been building your life out of wood, hay, or stubble. Or if you've been building it out of precious things, gold, silver, and precious stones. The day reveals every man's work of what sort it is. Now, what does that mean? Fire on wood, hay, and stubble consumes it. Fire on gold, silver, and precious stone purifies it, makes it more valuable. Are, are you understanding? We're living in times that God, God is allowing the day we live in to reveal whether we're really in faith or we just in theory about it. Are you understanding? People are having to deal with things. And the more you see, listen carefully, the day of his appearing approaching, the more turbulent the times will be and the more you need to understand that you're going to have to apply your, uh, your life to faith in God's word every day. It's not a Sunday thing. I commend you for being here. I commend you for view, viewing by live stream. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a time in every single person's life that it's going to be you and God. And the preacher can't pull your fat out of the fire. He's not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to pull mine out of the fire. We can aid and encourage one another, but God's demanding the heart of the believer to have faith that's purified. Peter said this, the trying of your faith, the fiery trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. So we've got to get some understanding 
about faith. In the new creation, the law of faith is how you receive everything from God. I think the problem was in the Old Testament that people substituted faith with good works, or I'm going to say in a lot of cases, good intentions. Good intentions are not sufficient. Okay? And so we substituted it, and now God has stripped all that off and made it clear in the New Testament that if you're going to be pleasing, acceptable to him, your life, then you must learn to live by this law of faith and become proficient in it. It should apply to everything in your life. Many Christians have thinking because they go to work on Monday and they get paid on Friday. All, and this is the way the world says. Listen carefully. This is what the world says. The world says, get a good education, get a plaque on the wall, get a good job, and you'll do all right financially. And that's proven that it don't work. Okay? You're going to have to learn to live by faith in the area of finances. You're going to have to learn to live by faith in the area of your health. Okay? Uh, you know, I always, whenever I have to go to the doctor, and I go to the doctor, so there you go. I go to the doctor, and he helps me until I can get my faith level up to where I don't need him. But the medical profession has gotten to the point they don't want you to do anything without them. Are you following? And I asked him, I said, what can I do? Oh, nothing. Take this pill. Not much else you can do. See, they don't give you any expectation to ever be delivered. Woo, shut me down. But in God, time... In other words, your age has got nothing to do with healing. Are you following me? Your body naturally made is always trying to heal itself. It's time we get our body in line with the faith of God so that we can supersede the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. One of the greatest lies is to, is to get the devil, is the devil to get you to focus on your age. Are you hearing me? Where does it say in the Bible God will heal you except if you pass the age of 70, 80, or whatever it is. Where, where does it say that in the Bible? But you hear Christians talk about it all the time. Now, now, Brother Ronnie. Are you listening to me? I've heard, I've heard Christians say, well, you know, uh, that we're older, and they say, if these are your golden years, you can have them. 
And you know what I'm telling you? These are my golden years. I'm going to do more with less effort. <laughs> Woo! Because I finally got some sense. Amen? <laughs> All right. Let's talk about applying this law of faith. We're in the new creation. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, apply the law of faith in him and you can be born again. Born again means now you're born from above, you're in a new kingdom, you're in a new system, and you're living by a different set of laws. Are you following that? Now, I want to point... Uh, 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 faith, this law of faith is, is, is the medium of exchange. From the spirit world you cannot see, or a spiritual kingdom, into a physical kingdom. And did you hear that? Medium of exchange. It's like what we call money here on earth. Money is a medium of exchange. I exchange money for a good or a service. You use the law of faith to exchange out of a realm that cannot be seen into a realm that can be seen. You exchange it. And it, it, it's consistent. It's not random. Please hear me again. It's consistent. See, I'm a very practical type person. That means practicable, okay? So I can practice it. Just like theory on a piano, the music theory, if I apply that theory because I believe the theory that I've studied and begin to apply it to the keys, and at first, guess what? At first, I'm probably going to miss some keys. But I begin to apply the, the, the theory to those keys, Eventually, I am going to become a musician. Are you following me? Everybody with that? Okay. The same thing is true when you, you, you take the word of God and move it out of theory because now you hold it to be true and I'm going to apply that truth to my life. Then I become skilled in that word, and Trey mentioned it to me this morning, word of righteousness. I begin to apply it. God says, now you're justified. You're not just giving mental assent to my word. Now you're truly putting action to that theory to prove it to be, be so. Are you following that? So faith is the medium of exchange. Say that with me. Faith is the medium of exchange from heaven to earth. Are you following me? Now, wow. Romans chapter 3, and I'm going to read this, chapter 3, verses 27 through 31. I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified. Do you have that, guys? If you don't, okay, you got it? Then what becomes of our pride? What becomes of our pride? And our boasting. 
It is excluded, banished, ruled out entirely. On what principle? Or we could say it this way, on what law? On the principle of doing good deeds? No. Not the principle of doing good deeds or the law of good deeds. No, but the principle or the law of faith. For we hold that a man is justified, that means qualified, and made upright by the law of faith. I threw that in there. Independent of and distinctly apart from good deeds, works of the law. Now, this works of the law here is we'll call it the works of good deeds if, or the law of good deeds, which is moral and ceremonial. Those laws were applied in the Old Testament. The reason why they were applied in the Old Testament was to point us to a day, a change. We're going to move out of theory into reality, a way of living. Are y'all following me? Okay. The observance of the law of good deeds or good works or moral or ceremonial has nothing to do with justification. Let me ask you a question. If God said, show up every Sabbath day, ever Sabbath day, and you ever missed for any reason throughout your lifetime, then the law of works has been broken. The good deed was broke. So you're disqualified. Are you, are you following that? Okay. So God moves it out of that, and he was setting it up to understand that the law of faith is superior and more beneficial for us to receive and be qualified in the eyes of God. How many of you ever missed the Sabbath? And I was raised in church and I missed the Sabbath. Are you following me? You, you, you see what I'm talking about? Okay. How many of you have ever, ever had to work on a Sunday. Oh. You follow me? You're disqualified. How many of you ever been, went on a vacation on Sunday? You follow what I'm saying? So it was never meant for justification. Are you following that? All right, now let's go to the next part. Or is God merely the God of the Jews? Because the Jews thought they were justified by the moral code or ceremonial law. He is not the God of the Jews. Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also. That means that those of us that never understood nor practiced those laws, okay, since it is one and the same God who will justify the circumcision, meaning the Jews, by faith which germinated from Abraham and the uncircumcision through their newly acquired faith. 
For it is the same trusting faith in both, both cases, a firmly relying faith in Jesus Christ. Do you got that? Everybody with that? All right. Do we then, by this faith, the law of faith, make the law of good deeds, if we would, to no effect? Do we overthrow it or make it a deed, a, a dead letter? No, certainly not. On the contrary, on the what? We confirm and establish and uphold that law to be effective. Are you listening? Do you know why we show up on the Sabbath? And we always want to show up on the Sabbath. Do you know why we want to worship God? Because he has justified us. We want to. We don't. We, we got to because we want to. We don't got to and want to later. We want to and therefore because we want to, we got to. It's kind of like if you don't read, we could say it like this. If you don't read your Bible every day, guess what? You're disqualified. There are some days that I haven't read my Bible. I didn't say there wasn't some days I didn't talk to God. I talk to God every day. And he talks to me. We fellowship one with another. But his word always comes up. So if we ever missed reading the Bible, we'd be disqualified. It was using that for justification. Okay? But guess what? I have to read the Bible daily now. Do you know why? Because I want to. Are you following me? I want to. I want to kiss my wife. Wow. <laughs> I want to kiss my wife. You follow me? You understand the difference? Okay. Now, if she demanded every day, you got to kiss me every day. It would move out of the want to. You follow me? Because now our marriage is dependent on me not missing one kiss every day. I mean, every other day or something. Are, 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 you understand what I'm talking about? We ain't married because you don't kiss me every day. You see, that you, I want to make sure you understand the difference because where we're headed is going to be very important. God has moved it right out of the law of good deeds. Now, it is a good deed to kiss your wife every day. It is a good deed to show up to church every Sunday. It is a good deed to read your Bible and pray every day. It is a good deed. So by faith, and remember the word faith also means, uh, has to do with faithfulness or fidelity. Now by faith, we want to do those things every day. And if we miss it, guess what we do now? We just start again. Are you following me? My wife told me, Zona told me, she said, Ronnie, you know, it's been proven that men that kiss their wife goodbye live longer. 
Now, for me not kissing her, I don't have the threat of death. I kiss her now because I want to live. <laughs> it has to do with the motivation. Okay? I don't want to displease God. You follow? I don't want to displease him. Now. <laughs> All right. Go with me now to the book of Galatians, chapter 3. I, I tell you what, for time's sake, because I got to get on this. Let's just go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. And then I'll read that out of the Passion Translation first. And then I'll come back and read it out of the classic Amplified. Okay? Let's go to, uh, you got it up there? All right. The Passion Translation. Verse number one of Hebrews. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. A hope is an expectation. It's not seen. Okay? It's an expectation. Brings it into reality and becomes the foundation. Becomes the foundation. Faith becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for or desire. Becomes the foundation. The cornerstone that that expectation is going to be built on. It is the all the evidence. It is all the evidence. I want you to get that. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Okay? Oh, it's going to get really good thick in here. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. And remember testimony or witness of faith. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated. That has to do with order, right? By the power of God's words. By the power of God's words. Everything will start getting in order out here when God's word comes alive in here. When his words come alive in here and they're no longer just head theory and they move out to become an absolute belief system or we could say a conviction on the inside of you then your life starts gaining order because those, that principle, that truth now, has become a reality to the heart. Even though unseen on the outside. He spoke and the invisible realm, watch that, the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Are you listening? I hope you're getting this. 
For faith moved Abel to choose to do what? Everybody say choose. choose. To choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother came. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith translated Enoch from this life, and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to heaven, the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. God gets pleasure out of you operating on his law of faith. Glory to God. Verse 6. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Now that right there, just you need to go back and get these translations. You can get them on an app if you want to, or you can get them like Pastor's owner. She, she loves books more than she loves computer things. And so she'll get it, and, and she, you, if she comes up here, Bible, she'll have five Bibles. And that's okay. If that's what you want to do, spread them out all over the table. But you've got to get on a personal time every day with God to let this sink inside of you. It has to move out of head knowledge to heart knowledge. That's what revealed knowledge is. There's where understanding. You apply your heart to get understanding. Now, how do you do that? You do that by believing what you're seeing, what you're hearing. Remember the law of hearing and seeing. You hear and hear and hear until you see it on the inside. Once you see it on the inside, it is no longer just a theory running in your head. It becomes heart knowledge. That heart knowledge is what triggers the power of it now to move out of, uh, of a realm that cannot be seen to become a reality in your lifestyle. Are, are, y'all, are you getting that? I'm going to say it so many different ways today, you can't miss it unless you want to. Now, let's go to that, those same verses out of the uh, Amplified Contemporary or Contemporary Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Now, I want you to get that. The confirmation. Faith is the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction 
now. It's not just head knowledge. It becomes a conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as a real fact, not as what, what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceiving. You know what perceiving means? Seeing it in advance. Perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to your physical senses. Brother Osteen, uh, Joel Osteen's dad, John Osteen, had a book that he wrote years ago entitled The Sixth Sense. And it has to do with having heart. Being able, God designed you to live out of your heart and change the way you think to conform to it. Okay. For by faith, trust, and holy fear, born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony or witness, born to them and obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds during their successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Prompted, I want you to get these two words, prompted, and actuated. You know what actuated means? Acted upon. Prompted, prompted means I'm prompted to do this. I'm urged to do this. What urged me? My head or my heart? My heart urged me to do this. And now my actions, I'm actuated by the prompting of the urging of the word of God. Now that's in my heart and not just in my head. How many of you ever had good intentions in your head? I won't ask you how many of you acted on it. Because you didn't. It wasn't until it dropped down on the inside of you that you started acting on it. Now, now listen. Zona and I make the bed every day. Okay? And, and sometimes she makes it, sometimes I make it. And sometimes I'll go in there to make it. She's already made it. And sometimes I've made it before she makes it. Now, this used to, I didn't care a flip about making the bed. I didn't care you're going to get back in it anyway. Okay. But here's the thing. When I, when I was physically ailing and ailments in my body, the Holy Spirit now moved a verse out of the written page and it became what is referred to as rhema in my heart, a word spoken to my heart because I was struggling with my health. And God said, if you believe me, you'll make your bed. That's what the, the scripture said. I will cause the sick to make their bed. And you know what I started doing? I said, he said, now, if you believe that verse, you'll start making your bed. I make my bed. <laughs> Glory to God. 
I make my bed. And now I'm prompted by the Holy Spirit of the reality of that word which actuated me, caused me to act now as if that word is the absolute truth because it is. But it's not a head thing. It is a heart thing. Now I've got to re- get my head in gear with my heart. Are you, are you understanding what I'm talking about? My dad preached a sermon years ago. The Spirit moved and God spoke. What does that mean? The Spirit moved upon my heart and God spoke to my heart. Now I'm actuated, I'm prompted and actuated by that heart knowledge. Oh man, I'm getting prompted and actuated by faith. Abel brought God a better, more acceptable sacrifice than Cain because of which it was testified of him that he was righteous, that he was upright and in right standing with God. And God bore witness. And by the way, when this happened, there was no law of works. Did you hear that? was righteous and in right standing with God. And God bore witness by accepting and acknowledging his gifts. And though he died, yet through this incident, he is still speaking to this generation. Because of faith, Enoch was caught up and transferred to heaven so that he did not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found. Do you know God's going to look for a generation in these last days that believe that we can just be translated out of here called the rapture? But I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe for it, you ain't going to be, (laughs) you can't be qualified. Wow. Okay. That went over really big. Because God had translated him For even before he was taken to heaven, he received testimony still on record that he had pleased and been satisfactory to God. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily necessarily Believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Now, I want to go back to one verse. Go back to verse number one, please, just for a moment. This is where I'm going to draw a close. Look at this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Let me give you an example. Right here in my hand, I have a title deed. This title deed, a certified title, by the way. Everybody say certified is a title that is blue. How many of you know what blue on one of these 
auto titles mean? It means whatever this states, the owner is without the bank. The brown ones means the bank and you own it. And this is what it says. It says, and it gives the identification of a 2000 Ford Expedition. And the owner is Ronald Dale Allen. Okay? Now, just because you don't see a 2015 Ford Expedition sitting in front of you does not mean it's not real. Are you listening? Okay. The brown copy of this would mean that the bank and I own that. Meaning, the bank is going to help me until I pay it off. The Old Testament gave credit to Abraham. God counted it as a credit. Meaning that I'm going to help you take possession of this until it's paid for. Wake up about right. Pay attention. Wake up about right now. It is now in the New Testament been paid for and certified that it has been paid for. Are you listening? It has now been certified that this has been paid for. So every promise in the Bible is your title deed to what has been paid for. It is the only proof that will stand up in a court of law. It is the only proof, listen carefully, that will stand up in the courts of the universe that it rightfully belongs to you. What we're trying to do is use copies of what the bank was using. See, God only used the Old Testament so that they could use faith to obtain what was going to pay for all of those promises. Now, we have had a certified copy in the blood of Jesus that says that these belong to us. Now faith, the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus along with the law of faith is how we have the medium of exchange to move it out of a realm that cannot be seen into a realm that can be seen. I can go, if someone stole, tried to steal my car, 
and the police caught them, I can go with this title deed and prove that that vehicle is mine. If I get pulled over, they want to see my paperwork that proves that this vehicle belongs to me. Are, are, are y'all getting any of this? So when the devil tries to pull a shenanigan on you about your kids, your loved ones, about your health, about your wealth, about your peace, about your joy, about your wisdom, wisdom. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, but let him ask in what? Faith, the law of faith. Now we can prove that wisdom belongs to us. Are you following me? Oh, my goodness. It is the title deed. What is the proof that I am rich? Now listen carefully. Pay attention right here. What is the proof that I'm rich? The proof that I'm rich is not my bank statement. Wow. The proof that I'm rich is the promise. It says the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. I am rich because God's word certified copy says I am rich. Are, are you understanding me? Now, see, when you start getting that into a heart knowledge in here and you begin to renew your mind, your, the way you think in connection with it, you're not trying to be rich to prove you're rich. You're automatically becoming rich because you have the reality of it in your spirit and it's going to produce a reality in the physical world. Am, am I making sense to you now? Yes. That's learning how to operate in the law of faith. And by the way, I want you to listen to me. <laughs> you got to get this. If you listen to the world, you listen to the world, and so you did get a big raise. And now you're thinking you're making a lot more money, but then they manipulated over here for that money not to go as far as it did before. So getting a big raise doesn't guarantee you're rich. It can guarantee you believe the lie. <laughs> Are you following me? What makes me rich is the blessing of the Lord. Are, are you listening? Now, I know that I'm taking a little bit of time right here because I want you to grab this. Because I want you to understand, if you're going to the doctor and you're taking medication or you're getting some kind of shot, that is not, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get your health. It means that you're just treating a symptom. And I got news for you. Don't believe the lie about vaccinations. They are not, 
if you were vaccinated, you wouldn't get it. Now, I want you to make a comparison. How many of you have ever had a polio shot? Vaccination. Have you been around people that's had polio? Did you get it? No, because you've been inoculated against it. The shots that they're talking about now, you still get it. So it's not a vaccination. Wake up. There's no, there's no flu vaccination. Are you, are you understanding me? Now, I'm not here to tell you whether to get that COVID shot or not. What I am telling you is that you need to get the reality that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus, not by some fluke. Are you understanding what I'm talking about now? It has to move out of your head. The devil's come to confuse your thinking. The reality that Jesus paid the price for your healing is how you're healed. They cannot guarantee you healing from cancer. Thank God for doctors. They do the best they can. But they are still... <laughs> They haven't caught up with God. Are you, are, you, are you grasping what I'm saying? If you're going to, if you got to take medication to deal with a symptom, that's okay. God doesn't condemn you over that. But he doesn't want you to condemn, be condemned to stay there. What he wants you to have the reality is that if you're going to take the medication, take it in the name of the Lord Jesus. For the Lord Jesus' name and the finished work at Calvary certifies your healing, not the medication. Glory to God. Mm. Somebody's going to be healed because you're going to get the reality of how the law of faith works. The law of faith works like this. And you can't slack off of it. If you go back to uh, Hebrews 11, uh, 10, 38, he said, the just shall live by faith. But if they draw back and revert back to the old creation, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. You see... Jesus paid a, a terrible price for us to live by his faith. And yet many of us don't understand what it means. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, I may have symptoms sometimes that shows up in my body that says contrary to it. But guess what? Just because I don't have a symptom doesn't mean you're well either. You follow? Faith in what God says is the title deed. And it's the proof that a 2,000, this title deed is the proof that we have a 2,015 black. And it's black. If you go out there and it's silver, it ain't ours. Black expedition in that parking lot. 
And it belongs to me. Oh, Zona, you know, understand. I'm including Zona. She don't care if I got to pay for it. Okay. But do you understand? It's in your name. It's in your name. And it will become a reality in your life when you start accepting this to be true. That's how you apply your heart to get this understanding. You have to apply it. You can't, you can't, just, hear, you can't just hear messages and make them a theory. You have to begin to apply it. Do I believe what is being said or not? Do I or do I not on Sunday mornings? When, when Pastor Ronnie gets up there and he jumps and spits and everything else and yells and screams and gets in my face, do I believe it or not? If I believe it, if I apply my heart to believe it now, I begin to put it into operation. It's act, I begin to actuate it. And it's the proof that it's so. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Stand up with me, please. You need a miracle in your body. You need a miracle in your finances. You need a miracle in your family. You can get it right now, but you're, you're going to have to apply the Word of God. And how do I do that? I go to what the Word of God says. How many times of our prayers are just, Oh, God, help me. He helped you by giving you a Bible. Now go to that Bible and say, Holy Spirit, give me the verse that you are instructing me to stand on. Show it to me. Help me to search it out. And, and if you got to write it down like a written petition, write it down. But put that verse that you're standing on. Because that is the title deed. That is the reality of you getting it out of the spiritual realm into a realm that you can see. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful new creation. The ability to operate the way you did when you created the heavens and the earth. Oh, when we apply the law of faith and that force, glory to God, that's behind it. The impossible becomes possible. Glory to God. Oh, Lord, we worship you. Right now, just begin to worship him. You that are viewing by live stream, I encourage you right now to begin to worship him. Just worship him. Thank him. Glorify him in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Ah, oh, yes. The spirit of faith is here. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
The grace of God made it for you to be it this way. Now he wants you to you apply the law of faith to take that which he created. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. What is is not what shall be. Glory be to God. The fiery trial that you may be going through right now is not the end. The end is the, the, the word of God standing forth and being fulfilled. Glory be to Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. You promised us in your word that if all of our children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of our children. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Father, you said in your word that by the stripes of Jesus, we are the healed. Lord, you said you'd supply all of our need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Lord, you said that if we had the same spirit of faith, we would speak. Glory be to God. Now, right now, let that sink deep into you because God's going to want you to speak. Speak what you believe. Not what you have, what you believe. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, believing, 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 we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Do you believe what you've heard? Glory to God. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in Him. Rejoice. Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm delivered. I thank you, Jesus, that I am prosperous. I thank you, Jesus, I have peace. I thank you, Jesus, I have your joy. I thank you, Jesus, I have your wisdom. Glory be to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We believe it, Father. We rejoice in you. Lord, I thank you for our spirit of joy whereby we laugh at the circumstances. Whereby we're mocking the devil. In the name of Jesus, glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, right now. Somebody's had a spirit of mourning and a spirit of grief of hold of them. 
This day I declare in the name of Jesus that is broken and a spirit of joy is flooding your soul in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. A spirit that has confused the mind. Someone who has been confused in the name of Jesus in their thinking right now. Hallelujah. The mind of Christ is gripping your mind in the name of Jesus and settling you. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We worship you. Oh, we thank you that you're not finished with this generation. You're not finished with this country. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to shout with me one time. And this is what I want you to shout about. Oh, the day of innocent blood over this nation is being broken in the name of Jesus. The shedding of innocent blood is being broken in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, the sacrificing of our children is coming to an end. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. If I was the devil, I'd be nervous. But I ain't the devil, so I ain't nervous. Glory to God. Father, we thank you as we leave this place today. We thank you, Father, that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice, and the voice of another we won't follow. Father, we thank you that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the wonderful name of Jesus to invoke, which we do right now. We declare. Say this with me out loud. I declare. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, I thank you that you so fill us full of your love. And as we go into our everyday lives, that your love just oozes out of us and touches those that we come in contact with. Father, we give you the praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, greet somebody. Let them know you was glad they were here today. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com. Thank you for believing in our mission.